This message comes from NPR sponsor Xfinity. Some things are slow, like snail races. Other things are fast, like Xfinity XFi. Get fast speeds, even when everyone is online, working to make Wi-Fi simple, easy, awesome. More at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply. Most of this summer's blockbusters are already out, and the awards movies are yet to come. That makes it a great time to catch up on a couple of surprisingly well-reviewed comedies. Expectations weren't very high for either Game Night or Blockers, but it turned out they are both great choices for a hot summer night with the AC crank. In Blockers, three parents are on a mission to prevent their daughters from having sex on prom night. And in Game Night, Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams star as a couple involved in a murder mystery party that becomes all too real. I'm Stephen Thompson. And I'm Linda Holmes. In this episode of Pop Culture Happy Hour, we are talking about two movies that make for a fun summer movie night. So come right back. The following message comes from our sponsor, Chipotle. April Wilson, hog farmer for a Chipotle pork supplier, reflects on how her family has seen the number of family farms decreasing. My dad talks about getting on the bus and there were 15 kids that got on the bus within four miles and now there's maybe five kids that get on the bus in that same four miles. Like, it's just amazing to see the changes. To learn more about how Chipotle is working to reinvigorate farming, go to chipotle.com slash farmers. Welcome back. Here with me and Stephen in the studio is Glenn Weldon of NPR's Arts Desk. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Linda. So it's been, uh, you know, it's a time of the year where there are still certainly good movies out, but we wound up feeling like we kind of missed these two, yeah. uh, which people really liked. It's good to have stuff to watch on your couch in the summer, so we are circling back. We're going to start by talking about Blockers. Blockers has a kind of an iffy premise <laughs> for me. <laughs> to put it lightly. Which is the three parents, as we mentioned in the intro, kind of hovering over their daughters, trying to keep them from having sex, which always brings up the kind of dad standing there threatening the boyfriend, don't touch my daughter, all that stuff. But how did you think that it actually played out in the final version, Stephen? Uh, I think it plays out shockingly well. It's constantly undercutting and undermining its own premise. And crucially, it gives the girls in this movie sexual agency. Mm -hmm. And it accepts their sexuality and their sexual desires as their own thing. And this is not a movie that is opposed to teen sexuality. No. uh, Which which I appreciate. Now, as a film in its entirety, this is a very shaggy movie. This this is I agree. This is this is a body slapstick sex comedy with with butt jokes. Mm -hmm. Uh It is a twinkly eyed uh, treatise on parenting teenagers Uh and learning to let go of your teenagers. Uh It is a sweet kind of teen romance. It's a lot of things, and it, it occasionally like will veer wildly off course to yeah. to go way, 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 way over the top. Yeah. But I appreciate kind of how game everyone is in this movie mm-hmm. and the fact that it is creating room to to look at the ideas surrounding the sexuality of teenage girls and just interrogate that. One of the things I appreciated, having watched a lot of movies about teenage girls and their coming of age sexually, is that... There's no sense in this film that any of these three girls are thinking, well, boys want sex, so I have to give them sex. My boyfriend wants sex, so I have to give him sex as a favor or to keep my boyfriend or because people expect it of me. Their reasons are a little bit different, but at least for two out of the three of them, 
it's really because they want to. Right. Yeah. It's really because they choose to. One of them just wants to because she wants to, because she's in a relationship with someone that she's attracted to and she wants to. For one of them, it's sort of like, I'm tired of thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's that big of a deal. The other one, it's a little more complicated, but I think at least for two out of three of them, it's really, I want to have sex for the same reason humans have for many years wanted to have yeah. sex. Yep. Uh, go ahead, Glenn. Well, for me, of these two films, Blockers was the higher bar to clear because if you grew up in the 80s when heterosexual teen sex comedies were thick in the, as thick on the ground as superhero films are now, it's not necessarily a, a genre I wanted to revisit, but there are solid jokes here. And I kind of kept checking my phone when the parents were on screen, but when these girls were on screen, because this friendship is nuanced and you can tell the way it would happen in a real friendship, two of these three are closer to each other than the other one is. The other one's on the outside in a sense, and there's a grounded story character reason for that. Yeah. It's just smart. It it makes it, it makes you feel like you actually know these characters. And, you know, um, I'm not going to throw shade on John Cena. I just think that when somebody from a non-comedic field does a comedic role and doesn't faceplant, there is a tendency to overpraise them. See also LeBron and Trainwreck. See also well, John Cena and Trainwreck. <laughs> John Cena and Trainwreck. See also LeBron's uh, really funny in Trainwreck. G- yeah. I'll see stand also up for that. see also Jason Statham in Spy. He was great. I'm not saying he wasn't great. You're really trying to provoke me. <laughs> I am saying that Rose Byrne was a lot better than he was in that film, and yet all the reviews fawned over uh, Statham and I kind of ignored Byrne. I so I think he's good here. Uh, I also think the culture is forcing Eric Barinholtz upon us at a time when the cocky, schlubby man-boy is maybe not speaking to the moment as as much as, much as it might have in years past. Yeah. But he was fine here because he wasn't schlubby. Yeah. He was still cocky. He was still a man-boy. But they kind of like cleaned him up a bit. It was fine. Well, if you, and, they, if, and they pants him a few times. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think if you really want to see Ike Barinholtz in the role that made several of the women that I know say, oh, I mean, the way it was said on Twitter was Ike Barinholtz can get it. The reason, if you want to see that, watch Sisters, which he mm. was in with uh, with Amy Poehler and Tina Fey. In that, he's more of a love interest. And that's a much different Ike Barinholtz than you got certainly on The Mindy Project. This role is kind of between the Mindy Project and Sisters in terms of weirdness. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk specifically, you know, I, I Barinholtz is in those parent roles that, as you said, I sort of was less interested in, too. But one of the girls is played by this actress, Geraldine uh, Vishwanathan. And I think that performance is so good. She's great. And she's so unusual. She plays a girl you almost never see in teen comedy. She is an athlete, but she's also cool. And she embraces kind of her own sexuality, but it's very much her own. She's very much making her own choices. She has a ton of independence. You made a little who noise, Glenn. <laughs> this movie is about her, as far as I'm concerned, discovering yeah. that actress. She yeah. is a movie star. Yeah. Such confidence, such comedic timing, and it's just charisma. I mean, it's old-fashioned charisma. Yeah. Yeah, when she speaks, you look up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of the other two girls, one is sort of a pretty girl of a better than usual, but it's a type that you have sure. seen in films before. Another one is sort of a nerdy girl of a, a kind of sidekicky type that you have also seen before, but I think also nicely played. But she is so interesting. And I kept thinking, like, what is it about this character that is so unfamiliar to me? And I thought she has so few hangups. Mm-hmm. Right. And she is so she's just kind of navigating teenagerhood quite well, (laughs) kind of with a lot of different 
they don't really push it down your throat that she's a, an athlete, but they keep reminding you that she's right. an athlete. It's one of the ways she's bonded with her dad. Um, yeah, her dad is John Cena. Yeah. But I think she's turned out the way she has because of her mother, yeah. who is clearly excellent. That's absolutely true. And as Glenn said, there's a lot of kind of slapsticky broad stuff in this film that I don't think works quite as well. There's a whole subplot with them walking in on these other people in their house when they're getting it on. Mm. And it's not that I don't think it works nearly as well as they think. There's a Stephen referenced butt jokes. There's a butt joke that I don't think is as funny as they think it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's just an excuse to show John Cena's butt. It's John Cena's interesting in this movie because I think that his chops as a comic actor are real. I do think he is a genuinely funny dude with a funny face mm-hmm. who is, and by a funny face, I mean like he is funny with his face. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I found his character to be the tether to what you fear this movie is going to be. Yes. Uh, he is yes. the he is the overprotective dad yes. who's like barging into strangers' hotel rooms trying to break up her daughter yes. having sex. And he does something late in this movie that is forgiven really very quickly. It seems very a little out of place. That is out of place yeah. that I found very upsetting yeah. and is treated like it's nothing. Yeah. And to me, it really undercuts a lot of what I love about this movie. Yeah. It, it kind of lets him off the hook for reasons I don't understand. Yeah, yeah it's a comedy. Comedies uh, end with reconciliation. And so that has to happen, yeah. but it didn't feel earned. It's like there's a scene missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm, I agree. But I did really like the resolution on the Leslie Mann story. I think mm-hmm. that was lovely. And as I, as you kind of get to the resolution of that story, you keep thinking that they're going to undercut it and it's going to all kind of fall in a in a different direction and go badly and turn more slapsticky. And then it doesn't. It just kind of stays on the course that it's on. And that's also okay. And I think without spoiling too much, I think you can say there's a lot of different ways that a story of I'm going to have sex on prom night can end. Yeah. That story can end not just with a kind of, I mean, it seems like a weird pun, but like it's not a binary of like, you do have sex on prom night. You decide never to have sex on prom like <laughs> Never it's, have it's, sex again. Well, it's, it's not a sort of like, I realized I didn't really want to have sex right. or I have sex. There's a bunch of different ways for that to go. And I think they explore a couple different ways. I was worried because Leslie Mann wasn't getting a lot of screen time mm-hmm. or anything for her to do. But then she gets this moment at the prom where she wants to dance and blend in at the same time. So she kind of starts dancing and she starts calling out her daughter's name with her hands over her head. And that's like a little moment. Mm -hmm. that she gets that was very funny. Yeah. Out of nowhere, but very funny. So I don't think we would say this movie is amazing, Mm -mm. but uh, it's it's fun. I mean, this is a fun, this is a Netflixy movie. This is is a a couch movie. I enjoyed it on my couch. Yeah, I enjoyed it on my couch too. And I think it does deserve recognition, which it got in some of the reviews for having a legitimately different outlook on teenage sexuality than you usually get, Mm -hmm. particularly given this grody sounding premise. (laughs) All right, so now I want to talk to you about Game Night. We sort of felt like these movies were almost of a piece. They were similar kind of ensemble casts. This one has Jason Bateman and Rachel McAdams. and They uh, kind of both came out in a little bit of a dead zone. Yeah. You know, not summer movies, not, you know. Like yeah. Both studio comedies. Right. Like not indie. Both R-rated. Both R-rated studio comedies. Mm-hmm. And, but this one also has a bigger, you know, Lamorne Morris from New Girl is in it. Uh Sharon Horgan. Sharon Horgan is <laughs> in it from Sharon Catastrophe. Um, Jesse Plemons. Jesse yeah. Plemons is in it. Kyle Chandler is in it, yeah, yeah. playing almost. I mean, I don't know the last time I saw him play kind of a broadly comedic 
role necessarily. Mm. And the story of Game Night, as we mentioned in the intro, there is a Game Night. There's a couple, Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman, who are obsessed with Game Nights, with with playing games of different types. Bateman's brother, played by Kyle Chandler, who's kind of a cool older dude with a car, the kind of better than you are older (laughs) brother character is in town. Sets up a murder mystery night, and he's either fake kidnapped or real kidnapped. They're not sure, and it's not clear what's real and what's pretend. Mm-hmm. And I was a little bit hesitant to watch this because I was a bit turned off by Jason Bateman in the New York Times interview right. with the mm-hmm. Arrested Development cast about uh, Jeffrey Tambor's behavior on the Arrested Development set and things like that. Um, so it was good. I took a little while. Uh, you took a break. I took a break. I still, you know, am not necessarily seeking him out, but I, I enjoyed it more for Rachel McAdams than anybody else. What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, to me, the the headline from this movie is that Rachel McAdams is so funny. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have always liked her. She has like an immediately likable face. I didn't necessarily think of her as a great comic actor. Mm-hmm. And she is so, so funny in this. She has a line reading late in this movie, don't want to give away a line late in the movie, where she simply in four words recites something that has happened, <laughs> just says, just acknowledges that something has happened. Uh-huh. And I yelped. I yeah. laughed so hard. She is really, really great. This this is just a very good-natured movie. I, mm-hmm. I, I paused it about halfway through to like grab a drink of water or something and was shocked that like... 50 minutes had passed. Mm -hmm. I thought we were 20 minutes in. It's twisty and fun and funny. It's not major. No. uh, But it's, but it's, I laughed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to oversell it, but I went into this thing and was legit surprised because I was expecting a horrible bosses or office Christmas party, you know, where the mode is raunch with a sneer, where Mm -hmm. the film doesn't particularly like these characters, so it doesn't care if you like these characters. Mm -hmm. This film is completely behind Rachel McAdams and Jason Bateman. They they want you to like them. They make them empathetic, and they also make them trivia nerds, which means that this film can be as loaded with pop culture references as it is, and it doesn't feel like it's punch-up. Doesn't right. feel like a, mm-hmm. a writer's room kind of said, let's throw in some jokes. Yep. Let's throw in some references. Yeah. All of that comes organically from these characters. It's a very smart thing. Yeah. It is also incredibly well cast. I mean, when I reviewed it, I called it uh, a cast of charming ringers because, yeah. you know, you put Sharon Horgan in a movie. What am I going to do? Uh, exactly. I'm only human. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, helpless. A, a, helpless. Helpless. There is a runner involving glass tabletops here. Yes. Completely random. Works so well. Yeah. Uh, that's, there's a bullet removal, back alley bullet removal scene, <laughs> which is more about their relationship. Yeah. than what is actually going on. It really is. It's, it's grounded in character. It is yeah. structured, and it uses the comedy uh, that Blockers does too slightly of ironic de-escalation, where something chaotic is happening, and in the foreground, they're having a very mundane, practical yes. conversation, or they're, they're doing anti-humor where they're kind of pushing a premise and then that interrogating that premise like we talked about. Mm-hmm. That works for me so well. So between these two, I, Game Night is the one I would recommend in a heartbeat. Yeah. One of the things I also appreciated about Game Night is the easy way to go with a couple in a situation like this, or the more, I would say, more cliched way to go, is that the guy is super competitive and the mm-hmm. woman is kind of like, oh, honey, why do you keep, you know, why do you keep involving all our friends? And oh, and, and they, and they nobody, learn to meet in the middle. Exactly. The nobody, nobody likes us anymore. Because, you know, to sort of have the more driven dude and the more kind of laid back wife who kind of tolerates it, a very kind of home improvement sort of a dynamic between them. And that's not the dynamic between them at all. I love the fact that they're kind of both really driven 
about games and about competition and that they both really see that as an important part of their relationship. I got to tell you, I heard somebody say on Twitter recently, we used to say that Jesse Plemons was the poor man's Matt Damon. <laughs> and and now maybe we have to say Matt Damon is the poor man's <laughs> Jesse Plemons. He's been in Fargo. He's mm-hmm. been in, you know, Friday Night Lights. He's in this. He's in all kinds of stuff. In this, he is so funny and strange. Yeah. He has such a weird... <laughs> he's sort of playing a police officer who's kind of... He's not menacing exactly. He's just strange. He's just weird. He brings a weird energy. He plays their neighbor who kind of used to come to their game mm-hmm. nights. And but now, now he's divorced. And, and now and... he's divorced from the person who they kind of initially brought. And yeah, every time he comes on screen, it does infuse the movie with this very weird energy that I mm-hmm. think always gives it a jolt. Yeah. And the funny thing about Kyle Chandler, who, like I said, I have not seen Kyle Chandler do a lot of straight up comedy. He always has this air of sort of guy in control. And Mm -hmm. I think that's true of his more traditional, like, Coach Taylor on Friday Night Lights, but also all of these kind of government men that Mm -hmm. he's played. He always has a sort of efficient guy in control vibe. And when you see him in this film, he has that at first, and then it starts to kind of wobble in a way that I thought was very funny. Mm -hmm. I think... Game Night has way more jokes. I don't think it has any ideas that are as interesting as the treatment of the girl's sexuality yeah. in, in, in Blockers, nor do I think it has any performances that were breakouts for me from a new person right. as much as the girl in Blockers. I agree with Stephen that this will take you to Rachel McAdams being way funnier than a lot of the roles she's played, although, do not forget... Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. She was uh, she was in Mean Girls, but then she did kind of get in that loop of like the vow and all those yeah. sort of. Right. I mean, not to diss the Notebook, but it isn't hilarious. Right. She was um, funny in Slings and Arrows, but she was kind of the straight girl. She I guess, is. She is really funny, and she's really funny in this, and she's really funny in Mean Girls. So hooray for Rachel McAdams. And the film is very smart about how dumb it is. It is well structured in terms of escalating the chaos, and it makes you believe that these characters make stupid choices in the moment based on reasons that make sense to them. They don't, may yeah. not make sense to us, but that's hugely important in this kind of escalating fish-out-of-water comedy. We need to go with them when they do the stupid thing. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Game Night and Blockers. Both good for a both <laughs> good for a summer evening. Not a bad double feature. Yeah, I watched, I watched them back-to-back on a Saturday night on my couch with a big bag of chips. Yeah, not a bad double feature. That brings us to the end of our conversation about these two films. We want to know what you think about Game Night and Blockers or whatever it is you're watching this summer. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH or tweet us at PCHH. Thanks to you guys for being here with me. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening. If you have a second and you're so inclined, we could really use a review from you on Apple Podcasts. That will help other people find the show, and that helps us in our quest for world domination. So we will see you all again right back here on Friday. Hey, this is Stretch Armstrong. And this is Papito Garcia, the hosts of What's Good. We're back with a brand new season. We've got Erica Badu, Lenny Kravitz, Black Thought, and more. You'll hear B-side stories from A-list guests. Subscribe now. 